Our ministry, we say, we don't say seek and save the lost. We say move everybody every day closer to Jesus. Everything you say and do every day is moving everybody watching you closer or further away from God. That's a heavy, that's a heavy thought. Hi, and welcome to the Gary Wilkinson Podcast. So glad you're with us today. Here in the studio, I have with me a longtime friend, actually yeah, say so. <laughs> a friend of my father, or a friend of my mother, and uh, chairman of our board at World Challenge, uh, director. But uh, probably just as I introduce him here, let me just say, personally, I would say he's the most joyful man I've ever met. And if you'd like to uh, spend a little time with somebody that has the joy of the Lord and uh, delight in life uh, and find out the reason why he's so joyful, uh, then stay tuned. You're going for a good time. Uh, we want to talk a little bit also about a book that he's just put out, Barry McGuire, called Ignite Your Life. So, Barry, welcome. Thrilled to have you here well, with us. Well, thank you. At World Challenge in thank our studio you. at the Gary Wilkes Podcast. Glad you're here. This is good. So, uh, well, just a little bit about... Uh, uh, I want you to talk just a moment about our history. Uh, yeah, well, um, it was a strange thing. You know, I, I, Carrie and I are Nazarenes. My grandparents on my mother's side helped start the Nazarene church. So we were not a son of God people, right? And uh, we moved down to Orange County from Irvine, California, and couldn't find a church. We churched bones for a year. And it's too long of a story, but it was a soldier searching for God. He moves us into this church in Santa Ana, California. Um, first, uh, first assembly of God, Santa Ana. And as it happened, your dad had bought, you, you, I think you know all this story. He bought a home mm -hmm. in Florida in 1969. The realtor told me, he met me at a car show and he says, I, I, I sold, uh, brother Brooks at a house in Florida in 1969. Well, I knew he hadn't, I didn't know the story. I wasn't going to interrupt him. He's, but he called me a week later and said, I can't, I can't, um, buy that house. And so, well, Brother Wilkinson, you're in escrow. You bought the house. Well, I can't buy the house. Well, why can't you buy the house? Because God told me I'm not supposed to move to Florida. I'm supposed to move to Irvine, California. Now, this is 1969. Irvine wasn't on the map. It wasn't wow. an incorporated city. <laughs> and God moved him in two blocks away, as you know, from yeah. our house. Yes. I mean, that was, and Dave often said later, God moved me to Dallas to Texas, Blundell, right. um, via California long enough to meet Barry and Karen McGuire. Yeah. That started a 40-year relationship for it us. It was incredible friendship, uh, partnership, because uh, you had been, you know, he was he was at the time in the world of evangelism and reaching out to gang members and drug addicts. And you were yeah. in a very different world, but you guys clicked. I mean... I, did, I didn't know anything about that world. Yeah. I, I saw people, uh, the druggies and their... And just uh, throw them in jail, throw the keyway, you know. And take a minute to tell us about your world. You, what were, you, what were you doing at the time? Uh, you know, you have a very famous last name. And uh... well, um, uh, yeah, I was, I was born and raised in the church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, holiness movement, Nazarene Church was back in those days specifically. And um, I had no joy really, but I was solid. I was afraid I was going to go to hell. A little bit of legalism thrown in there, and didn't want to do anything wrong. I didn't want to go to hell, so it's not all bad, actually. Actually, that legalism thing isn't all bad as I look back on it. Yeah, there's some, the, you know, the, the gospel <laughs> requires the law sometimes, yeah. you know, to, to show yeah. us that we, we need Christ. How far we've strayed, yeah. right? If, oh, that our kids today are being taught a little more of that legalism stuff yeah. instead yeah. of the grace stuff. So it's a cheap grace. Yes. But anyway, we moved into that church and I have, have this car wax company. I'm third generation leader of the of McGuire's Car Wax. And... Um, my dad and his dad, his brothers had retired, basically. Uh, they had 600, from 1901 to 1969, they were doing $600,000 a year in business. Uh, 
selling body shops and car dealers, buffing on cars, and they had, had retired. I got out of college in 64. I wanted to grow the business. That wasn't a very happy thing to them. They didn't want to see that. But I kept nudging them, nudging, nudging. Finally, in 1969, I talked them into allowing me to go retail. I spent four years, and I said to God, this whole thing about trust you with mm -hmm. your whole heart and don't depend on your own understanding <laughs> yeah, right. was so easy for me. I said, God, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I do not have a clue, so I got to uh -huh. lean on you with all, for everything. And I have for 50 years, and now we're the number one selling car wax in America wow. and, and around the world. And uh, it's just been an amazing ride, but it has been because of this joy thing. The joy thing is interesting. Let me tell you, we, we from the mo first moment of our marriage, I mean, you pay your tithes, you give your offerings. I mean, tithing is just the beginning point. And we've always given sacrifice of our time and our money and everything. Yeah. But we still had no joy. Mm. We couldn't figure it out. We talked about it. We said, why are we not having joy? We should be more joyful and we're really tired. Mm. And the church at that time had a 50th year anniversary, and the and the speaker there was the legal affairs secretary for Governor Reagan. Okay, wow, this is 1973, okay. I think it was, in 1973, and um, uh, his name was Herb Ellingwood. Uh, the pastor sat me right next to him. I had no responsibilities that day. It was just God sat me next to him, and for an hour, from the time we sat down to the time he talked. He talked nonstop about faith sharing experiences and he was mm. laughing his head off. Can you believe this? And last night <laughs> I was here, there. And he changed my life forever. Yeah. And I walked away from that experience saying to God, I want what 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 Herb has. That's mm. the joy I want. Yeah. So I told Karen and we both started doing it and 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 not well. You know, we've been doing it fifty years, do it a little better now. But before long, we were having fun laughing one day and I turned to Karen and I said, Guess what? We have joy. We got the joy. Wow. We have joy. And then we discovered John 15, 11, where it says, when you bear fruit, it's the fig tree thing where you have dry branches, he throws in the fire. But the, if you bear fruit, oh, if you bear fruit, therein you're my disciple. Yeah. And my joy remain with you, and your joy it's will remain full. Yeah. You wow. Don't, you don't hear that. Wow. Uh, Talk wow. about much the Who, connection. Nobody's ever told us that joy comes from bearing fruit, from sharing our faith. Nobody wants to share their faith today. Only 1% of us are sharing our faith. And it's the thing that gives us joy as well as everything else. So that yeah. that led us down the path where we are today. Wow. One, yeah. 1% sharing their faith right now. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, That's no, hard no, to get you, mind. The studies will tell you 30 35%. But we've gone into the studies. Mm. What do they mean by sharing their faith? And most people, most evangelicals believe sharing your faith is being a good person. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good role model. So, um, the, the, quite frankly, only 10% of our sermons even mention salvation yeah. anymore. We do a lot of, we have an Oxford scholar that does all our research mm. for us. Only 10% of our church are preaching salvation. So if you send somebody to church today, there's a 90% chance they won't get a salvation message. So the days are just saying, just go to church, you'll find, you know, you, you have to take, start taking personal responsibility. We all, we all have to do that. Yeah. And get them into a church as Bible says, we need the church. But if we need to get in the right church, that's actually preaching yeah. the word of God. Yeah. And if, if, if only 10% of the churches are preaching the gospel, yeah. uh, how to become born again, then the people aren't going to be enthusiastic about that. You know, if they're only talking about materialism or how to have a happy marriage and not talking about the core essentials of the gospel, yeah. then the people aren't going to be enthusiastic about it. They're, they're going to be missing that element of their life and they're not going to share their faith. They're, well, you, you don't know. get to see that as much as I do. Is you're always yeah. preaching on Sunday. I yeah. preach a lot. I speak yeah. at churches all over the but place. But I also the... go to churches 
And you're sitting there, there are the little three-point simple sermons, how to be a good person. Yeah, it is. It's very moralistic, isn't it? And, yeah. and the fact of the matter is, folks, um, being a good person doesn't get you or anybody else into heaven. You know, um, I, I walked out of a restroom the other day, and, and a friend of mine was, standing, was walking with me, and he wouldn't impress me. My friends generally do it face sharing, you know. So he said, see that, that gentleman there was taking care of the restroom? I said, yeah. He said, well, I just slipped him 20 bucks so he's doing a good job. I said, well, that's really good. That was nice you do that. Uh, what did that accomplish? He's, what do you mean? It made him feel really good. I said, yeah, and I think it made you feel really good too, didn't it? You were telling me about it. He said, well, yeah. I said, what if you just the same effort recognize that God had prompted you to do that and going to him and say, God just prompted me to give you $20 yeah. to tell you that God loves you. There's a source of where this from coming from. Right? Yeah. We're, we like getting the glory ourselves. I'm such a good person. Most Christians walk around, I'm doing all this good stuff. That's has nothing to do with salvation. No. And and doesn't do, doesn't please God. It's not about bringing glory to ourselves, it's about bringing glory to the, to the Lord. If all the Christians took all the good they were doing and attached it to God, we'd be a different nation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and there's a million ways to do that. In the book, we talk about yeah. a lot of those illustrations. Yeah. So, and, you know, yeah. we have this website, Love Gary. This book. Yeah. Um, our website is igniteamerica.com, igniteamerica.com. Ignite okay, we'll put that there's, in the show notes for people that want to follow up on that. They can, yeah. can see that. There's Excellent. no sign-ins, no passwords. You can't give us money. <laughs> this, this, this site is the only site that's about your ministry. And when you go on, you're instantly into a world of information to how you can learn how to share your faith and have fun. No, we talk about sharing faith being fun, but it is. It it's is. the most fun thing I do every day. I look, yeah. I can't wait. Every day is an adventure, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you, and so you, the, the book is really born out of your this whole experience of of finding what real joy is in Christ, sharing your faith yeah. with others, and then, yeah. but then also seeing oftentimes things that, that are birthed like this. Are, are birthed out of the joy of wanting to spread the good news that you have, but also out of a problem, you know, that, that you, you see a problem you're trying to fix. And that problem might be that Christians aren't really alive enough or joyful enough well, to, you know, to share Well, you know, we travel all over the country, as you do. You talk to them. Yeah. And most Christians are, they're, they're on their way to heaven, but they're not having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And they spend much of their time complaining about what's going in Washington or locally mm -hmm. or whatever, or their That's family true, members right? in their church or whatever. They got all these complaints. Woe is me. Um, as it happens, over 80% of Christians, they are living in fear. Hmm. They're in America. They're Christians. They're on their way to heaven. And they're living in fear. 80% of you watching this right now are living in fear. And, of course, you got all kinds of things. I mean, from the, the national, the international, and all the stuff and you yeah. know, it, it just, just it's 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 unbelievable. And then the stuff they're doing in our schools and yeah. then in our families, our church and whatever, lots to be afraid about. But that doesn't give us license to have fear. Mm -hmm. I'm even hearing pastors talking about how they were afraid of this, they're worrying about this, they find a work there, that that there's nothing God does not appreciate fear. In fact, three hundred and sixty five times the Bible said fear not. Yeah. You know. And if, if you don't if, if you have fear, you don't have faith. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. Yeah. And if you have faith, of course, you can't share your faith. <laughs> yeah. So you got to get past that. You got to get into wholehearted faith. The key is how do you get into where I just trust you? And this book, mm. the, the uh, subline down there, you know, yeah. it says defeat fear, defeat fear with effortless faith. Yeah. 
And so you don't have to work on it. You don't have to, I got to trust you. I got to trust you. You know, it doesn't really matter the sound of your voice, how often you say it. God's looking at your heart. Yeah. Great, great. He just looks at your heart. And so how do you get that place of complete peace no matter what comes against you? You just have peace. Mm. And and that's what this book is about. Man, you, Barry, you are speaking of some real core life issues, joy. Yeah. Peace, purpose in life. It's Christian it, And you know what? The scriptures in that book, I often say, and, and the last interviewer I had said, you're talking about the most basic scriptures we know. We already know. I said, yes, but we don't live them. Yeah. You know, ask our listeners right now, how many of you believe Proverbs 3, 5? Trust the Lord with your whole heart and don't depend on your understanding. All your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. How many of you you believe that, right? <laughs> About 90% of Christians in any kind of service I'm at raise their hands. Yeah. Uh, but there's a disconnect because 80% of you are living in fear. So which is it? And James 1 says, if you're wavering in your faith, if you're fearing and faithing at the same time, look at James 1. He says, you're like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. You're, you're unstable in all your ways. A double-minded man, double man is unstable in all his ways. So do not expect to receive anything from me. So I know all kinds of bad stuff's going on in your life, but if that's what your focus is, then and and your focus isn't praising God, isn't looking to God, and isn't sharing God, then you're just, he'll just let you flap in the wind. And I've done that in my life. I've been at this yeah. for a few years. Uh, one time I had for two and a half years, I just flopped in the wind. He just, well, till you finally get tired and you come back to me, you know. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. The no. key is it's so simple because you don't do anything to earn it again. Yeah. You just live for his purpose. I think the second most important scripture, seriously, in the entire Bible after John 3, 16, is a scripture in John uh, in Romans 8, 28, where he says, I'll make everything in your life work together for good. Tell me where else you have a scripture, a promise of scripture that says, yeah. for now until you get to heaven, now that you're a Christian, for now until you get to heaven, I'm going to make everything in your life work together for good. We all know that, but we don't believe it. Mm. Well, that's good for somebody else, not me. Maybe I can faith it, maybe I can't faith it. It's, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. You have to read the whole scripture. And it's not complicated. He says, I promise you, I'll make everything in your life work together for good if you do two things. Okay, first thing, love me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. You love God like nothing, just just no matter what. And I finally got a place in my life. I just broke. I said, God, take my business away from me. I don't care. Mm. I just want nothing separated. I just want to love you. Search my heart, oh God. I just want nothing. Every day, I just want to serve. I want to serve you. You own me. That's that's a life-changing moment when you just, you know it head, but then you really live it. Mm. Guess what? When you make that commitment, you automatically do the second part. Mm. You know, the letter of the church at Ephesus, he says, I know you go to, go to church, you you know good teaching from bad, you're being, you know, resourceful and, and giving generously, all that, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. Mm-hmm. And so, folks, whatever fills your prayers is your first love. If you're so focused on something that you're working on, God, help me. It's like, God, come help me with my God. Mm-hmm. And we get so focused, <laughs> and then it's not working. Wow. Well, God's not going to work it. He's not going to. He may want it for you, but not now because it's your God. Yeah. He wants to be God. You can't have two gods, okay? Oof, that's powerful. powerful. So God, you look come at help him, me with my and, God. I've never heard anybody say that before, well, but that's it, it, profound. Uh, well, I did it. Yeah, and you can... You can the advantage of being my age, I'm 80 years old. <laughs> I've been up the wrong way. I'm not going to talk about a lot of those today, but I've learned to get to the right way. Yeah. And I've learned that whatever fills my prayers by God, so my prayers are filled with God. In yeah. fact, we're to the point now, seriously, and we've been there for a couple of decades, I guess, 
we stopped asking God for anything mm. except his love. Wow. He already knows the desires of our heart. I, I, I believe in seeking God, fervent, the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much and all that. I believe all that. Wow. But as for me and my house, yeah. <laughs> you know. Are you talking about, sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah. just to clarify that, because that, that, yes. that, that could either bless yeah. listeners or could confuse them. Yeah. Um, when you say you don't ask for anything, do you, mm -hmm. like, because your uh, your heart is for lost people, people that don't know Jesus, I mean, would you ask, yeah. like, would you, Lord, okay. I pray for, sure. I pray for my friend Bill. What a or, great question. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for you to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the great clarifier. You know, if if you're um if you're committed to Romans eight twenty eight, say, God, I love you with my whole heart and I live for your purpose. Our ministry, we say we don't say seek and save the lost. We say move everybody every day closer to Jesus, beginning with my wife in the morning. Mm. And there are times when I say something to Karen in the morning in the bathroom and I'll look at her and I say I think I didn't just move you closer to Jesus. Yeah. So it changes how you treat people. It changes right. everything. Do you realize that everything you say and do moves everybody watching you closer or further away from God? Yeah. We're in full-time ministry. Everything you do, you stiff a waiter, you do a rudeness, whatever. People say, that's a Christian. I don't want You know, most people don't want to be Christians because of how they observe Christians. Yeah. We have to stop that. That's right. We represent him. We're his ambassador, right? So when you when you're committed to moving everybody every day closer to Jesus, you live in the promise. I call it the fog, right. the favor of God. Favor you of live God. in the promise of Romans eight twenty eight. This 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 scripture is pivotal because when you live in that, you know that you live in God's promise to make everything in your life work together for good. It just happen. It's happening because I love Him and I'm living for Him. So I do. I live for Him. I do. I live every day for Him. So I know whatever happens to me is going to be good. So even the bad stuff comes into my life, I know it's good. I see it as bad. I lost my daughter. I lost my 49-year-old daughter. That was not good. Mm. You know, I was dying in the hospital. Mm. I, I had smile. Yeah. I never lost my joy through yeah, that. No, I had my joy venture party. They're take tear my business away from me the next morning. I was I was 65 years old, and they were taking my business away from me. They overtook the board and were taking my business away from me. Tomorrow morning. I'm I'm 65 years old. I'm losing my hundred-year-old family yeah. business. I yeah. lost my income. I lost my reputation. I lost my testimony. It's Barry McGuire, the Christian. He lost. Where's God now? Yeah. I lost it all. You know what my reaction was? <laughs> I prayed a very short prayer that night. I said, "God, I ask you for nothing. Mm. I ask you for nothing, for two reasons. One, you know, I live for your purpose. Yeah." I live for your purpose every day. I know that. You know that. <laughs> uh, secondly, I know you honor your word. And you've promised me when I live for your purpose, you'll make everything in my life work together for good. Mm -hmm. And so I say, God, I ask you for nothing. I ask you for nothing. Just make me a blessing. I'm good. Wow. And I love you. I went to bed immediately. I slept soundly the entire night. God's hearing my voice right now. I slept soundly all night. I went to sleep immediately. I didn't toss and I didn't wake up to see if I tossed and turned off. But I, <laughs> I presume I didn't. The bed was real neat when I got out of the morning. Woke up fresh and I went to that meeting. It's a conference call meeting. And we took the conference call in, our, in my attorney's office. And Gary, you know the story, but within 10 minutes, He's so discombobulated. Mm -hmm. My joint venture partner was something that happened five years earlier. They were cussing at me 
They were furious, and there's yeah. nothing they could do, but yeah. I broke out laughing. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> I could have paced all night long. Yeah. God, will you help me? Help me, God. Help me, God. Mm. You know, he doesn't judge our faith by how many times we say that or the volume of our voice. He knows. Yeah. I, I, I understand petitions, but Karen and I have really gone beyond that. I got to tell you, we don't ask God for anything. We thank God for it. When the bad stuff happens, you know, you're driving down the street and you're on the way to an important apartment and you had a flat tire. Really, God? <laughs> you know, really? I mean, now where are you when I need you? I mean, that's a typical reaction. Yeah. Instead of, okay, God, what are you up to? I got a million stories like this. <laughs> so the triple gay guy comes and you see he's not happy bit emotional, you find out his son just committed suicide the night before. Mm, yeah. And because of that interruption, you get to minister to him. Yeah. Wow. And then you find out later that meeting was canceled anyway. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you see this, yeah. you say, God, God is in charge, yeah. he's in charge of everything. He's in charge of everything. And I say, when you follow the nudge, you live in the fog. Yeah. You always have the nudge. We, you, everyone of you know what the nudge is. Oh, that friend just of mine just found he has cancer. I should call him. Oh, but I, I, I don't know what I would say. I, I'm sitting across the table from an unsaved person, and they're pouring out their heart. They're having all these problems. And I, I feel like I should, talk, I should pray for them, but they'll think I'm a fool. Mm -hmm. I yeah. see somebody hurting. And I, they need somebody now. They're desperate for her, but oh, I got, I'm busy. I'm on my way to my church, <laughs> you know, or whatever. When you follow the nudge, you live in the fog. Mm -hmm. You live in the favor of God. You yeah. live in the favor uh, and the promise of Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. It's so simple. And so do the people that you minister to. Then, so so if you have a nudge and you and there's somebody <clears throat> that um, you know lost their their daughter or something like that, or lost lost a family, or just depressed. Yeah. And you have a nudge that God knows you can say something that brings life yeah. to them, and you don't do that, then you're you're missing out on the fog. But they, but they are as well. They're, both ways. Yeah, it's both ways. Like, yeah. But most importantly for me, I, I was, uh, I went into um, a um, Cracker Barrel in Springfield, Missouri, at Mecca for the Assemblies of God. Going to George Wood's funeral. George Wood was mm -hmm. the past. Uh, you, you knew George yeah. well, uh, general superintendent, my dear friend. And we're going to his memorial service. So we got in town a little early. Thought we'd get a bite to eat. We picked the Cracker Barrel, could have picked anywhere else. We could have picked a different table. The waitress took us to this table. We got Brandy as our hostess, as our as our server. And we said what we almost always say to her, is there anything we can pray for you about? Yeah. And she went emotional on us to start telling us about her best friend just found out. He's a truck driver. He's out of state. And you know, I just found out that his daughter had, had been molested and, and was dying, found nude in the back of a truck. Mm. And he got to her and she died 20 minutes later. Well, see, Nicole's, our daughter's death, paved yeah. the way for that. Right. So I said, you know, we lost our daughter. There may be something I can say to him, and I never do this. I wrote my name and my phone number said, give it to him. Mm. The next morning he calls me. He says, Mr. McGuire, you won't believe this. This is Dan, who you met Brandy yesterday. Um, I'm a car guy. <laughs> First off, he says, I'm a Christian, and my daughter was a Christian. I love the Lord. Wow. But he's just, he's just destroyed. He said, also, I'm a car guy. And I, I watched your TV show over the years. Felt like I feel like I know you. And then I watch you on Facebook and Instagram, and I see you're involved in ministry all the time. And I know your daughter died. Mm. Can you imagine what it meant to me just now when my best friend <laughs> just told me that you want me to call you? Yeah, yeah. I broke out laughing. Wow. 
I said, I don't need to say a word. You already know God's there. Yeah. He says, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I said, God is exactly there. Wow. So I was able to pray with him and, and share with him about um, anger and stuff and getting over all that. Mm -hmm. We talked two or three times. That thing is still going on. He called me Saturday. He was on the road somewhere. Oh, and he called me, hey, this is your trucker buddy, Dan. And I just got to tell you my latest experience. I was over and he starts telling me about how he's sharing his faith all over the country. Yeah. Wow. Yes, God. That's what that's what life's all about. We have these experiences and they're right there. What if I hadn't asked Brandy that day? Is there anything mm -hmm. we can pray for you about? Yeah. Yeah. How many lives have been touched because of that? Even Brandy had stepped away from the Lord. Yeah. She came back to the Lord because of that experience. Yeah. So there you go with the Romans. You're <laughs> talking about all things working together. It all works. All over. It worked for you directions. because you get to the joy. Yeah. It worked for him because he got to hear the, the, a fresh touch from God. Exactly. It works for people listening to us now because they're now inspired to say like, well, can I do that too? Can, can I? Can Everybody I, can do every, it. Because it's not just for extroverts <laughs> or no. it's not just for highly no. motivated evangelists. <laughs> no, or no, no. And, uh, yeah. The Great Commission didn't say, go ye who are trained or with a personality or something. Yeah. He just said, go. We're all called. Yeah. We're all called. All of us are witnesses. You're a witness. Uh, some of us are witnesses for the prosecution. <laughs> mm, that's scary. We are. Everything you say and do every day is moving everybody watching you closer or further away from God. That's a heavy, yeah. that's a heavy thought. Let me give you another one right quick. Jerry Root, um, Wheaton University, Billy Graham Association, wrote a wonderful book called The Sacrament of Evangelism. Mm. The Sacrament? The Sacrament of mm. Evangelism. Okay, great book. And I know back in the early days, I used to say, hey, God, I got a live one. Come over here and help me. You know, it's like, it's so stupid. He's working with everybody sovereignly, everybody, the, the scoundrels, it doesn't matter who they are. God's already dealing with them. Mm -hmm. And when you come into that situation, you're a physical manifestation of what God's already telling them. It's a sacred thing. Yeah. There's no there's no casual conversations. There are no secular conversations. I'll give you a bigger thought. When God loves us, he's salvationing us. That's what his love's about. Mm -hmm. The whole thrust of his love, a thousand percent of his love is about bringing us and getting us to heaven. He's salvationing us with his love. Mm -hmm. Every conversation that we have, every conversation we have, God's in it. And he wants to speak through us. He wants a salvation. When we love our neighbor as ourselves, hmm. he wants a salvation to everybody we talk to. Yeah. I don't care who they are, everybody in your life. If, if you, I, I guarantee you, this is scripture. This is not for me. I just learned it over a lot of years. But if you decide right now, I, I'm going to resolve God. I'm going to resolve to start moving everybody every day closer to Jesus and not worry about preparation. You can't prepare for these conversations. You can't. You have no idea where they're going to go. Yeah. It's adventure. And then, uh, and again, Mark 13, 11 says, don't prepare. And then allow mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit to bring and, and speak through you. And you'll feel it. I got to tell you, you'll feel it. Where did that come from? And you're seeing your words are changing that life and they're tearing up and they're they're hugging you and they're praying for you. I mean, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I have it just about every day and sometimes multiple times a day. It's just, it's so much fun. This is what life's all about. Car wax, I love car wax. I love shiny cars. I work really hard, but that's nothing. When I get to heaven, it's not going to matter how many bottles of car wax, you know, but this to think how many people might be in heaven because of my influence. Yeah. Well, wow. You think, you know, you, when you think about something you're talking about today, the sovereignty of God, even though the car wax is not your passion now, it's not you know, it's not what drives you, and that's what, it's not so it's not what wakes you up in the morning, 
But in the sovereignty of God, every bottle of car wax that your family has sold has provided you another opportunity to do what you have called by God to do. So even, even that is Absolutely. And if I could add to that, he's mm-hmm. allowed me to do it with excellence. Yeah. yeah. So I do it as under the Lord. Yeah. When we work on those formulations, we're trusting mm-hmm. God for our formulations, yeah. right? Because if you'd have done it in a horrible way, you'd get no following. And no glory and to God. And you're, you're no glory to God. And, yeah. no, and no real yeah. open door for you. Yeah. The, yeah. So you do everything in your life, whatever you do as a homemaker or whatever, everything you do, you're honoring God, and God gives you more power, brings more people in your life, gives you all the stuff that you can't even imagine. People it brings into your life and opens doors. All that, all that stems from sharing your faith. The one thing you don't want to do, the one thing you avoid at all costs. You don't want to do that. I don't want. I don't. You know, I can't. And that's just Satan. You know, Satan is paralyzing, yeah. sterilizing the church. He's mm-hmm. sterilizing Christians with fear. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, when you when you have fear. You don't have faith, so you can't share your faith. So he's very happy to keep the 30 million of us who are Christians just talking to ourselves, complain about the world, go to heaven, you'll lose those. But the other 200 or 300 million people that are across the United States are suffering because we're not telling them. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop that. They're not the problem. They're lost. We can say they're bad. You look at these people, the legislation they pass. I mean, what is wrong with these people? They're lost. They're blinded. Right. And and their only hope is us. They're not going to church. Their only hope is us. Yeah. Only hope is us. Yeah. And we just walk by them because we're in a hurry to get to church or wherever yeah. we're going, you know. Yeah. We need to look around. At any moment, you look around and 80% of the people around you are lost. You can't get to all of it. That's when the nudge comes. Yeah. yeah well, that's, so that's the Holy so Spirit nudges you to go talk to that person. That it's person. amazing. You know, as a pastor, for most of my life, I could speak into this, that you know, we as pastors need to be careful that we're not just preaching theology, but we're actually modeling as well that that, yeah. we, that we're getting out there yeah. so you know kelly and i were speaking at a church and lar- largest church in the state probably ten thousand people or so and uh the sunday morning we got there and we just told the the pastor we said we had a wonderful time last night he goes what'd you do i said well we went to the little uh little lounge at the hotel and the guy there was a server there said like you know would you like some snacks or some coffee or tea and <laughs> we said yeah he brought some stuff over to us and so kelly and i asked him say the same thing with you is there anything we can pray for you about and he goes, seriously? Like he was dumbfounded that somebody yeah. would ask that question. Yeah. We said, yeah, we would really love to. We, we, we yeah. basically take one step further and say, uh, every night we, my wife and I pray together and we'll put, we'll actually put your name on our prayer list oh, and we'll pray yes. for you. And uh, and he goes, well, yeah, thank you. It's like I'm getting married in two months. And um, uh, he went on, like I have yeah. problems with my father. Yeah. We're, not, we're not close. So we don't, we don't talk. And and so, and so we said, well, instead of waiting till we go back to our room and pray for you tonight, why don't we pray for you right now? We started praying for him, and he falls down on his knees. He literally, like right there in the little cafe, you know, it was kind of embarrassing. We Kelly had one hand, I had the other hand. He's on his knees, tears coming down. People his don't eyes. care. When, like, when yeah, they're no, in when need, they're touched, they don't like, care. Yeah, in the middle care. of car shows with thousands yeah. of people walking around and yeah. people who are known, yeah. when I ask them, can I pray for you? They say, yes, I've never been turned down. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I have either. I, I, I got, did get turned down one time at a restaurant, uh, and the guy said, "No, I'm an atheist." And then, but I prayed for another person, and then I came back to the same restaurant, and the person I prayed for got an apartment they were looking for, and so she told, said, "There's another guy you need to pray for. He's the chef, and he was just in a car wreck." And so he, she goes in the kitchen, gets him, brings him out, and I'm praying for him. And the atheist guy walks up and says, "You might as well pray for me too." Uh. So that was so cool. But but when I told that wow. just back to the other story, when I told the pastor 
just this, you know, we were just happy to share this. And he just, the tears, he, tears came to his eyes and goes like, yeah. it, like to him, that was the most exciting thing he'd heard. You know, he has thousands That's and thousands of members, largest church in this in the mm. state. And yet mm. he's moved by hearing of another pastor who it's not just about your sermon or how big your church is or what's yeah. going to happen at this next yeah. event. It's the one, you know, and that's what Jesus had that was so precious about him. Absolutely. It was one by Gary. one by one, you know. He yeah. loved the crowds. You know, he loved to multiply <clears throat> bread for people. But, yeah. you know, the the miracles of, of the, 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 you know, he'd pull somebody to the side and talk to them and, you know. That. You know, it's it's not about, it's, we have to stop looking at scalps or notches on the gun or whatever. Yeah. Stop so trying true. to get yeah. people saved. Yeah. No, love on people. Love on them. Yeah. With no agenda. If you have an agenda, they can sense it. Yeah. And quite practically, it puts you under pressure. And it's not, it's hard to interrupt, but it, but it, it, I believe it blocks the flow of the Holy Spirit because you are not in the nudge anymore. Now you are in your agenda. Exactly. And, and so you're, Thank so, you. so you're trying Thank to tell you. that person, Thank you. here's what I have to get Thank to. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the sales. I have now to there's to, a time frame. Right. There's yeah. all this stuff you got to do. And the nudge might not just, be salvation. It might yeah. be yeah. right now just yeah. touch just his heart closer. with love. Yeah. Move everybody closer, closer to That's Jesus so and do it in love uh, and allow the Holy Spirit cap it off. It, it may be that you'd like to take it farther, but you can tell this person's had enough for now. Yeah. Good. Okay, yeah. thank you, and just let let it go. Can we can we uh we, we need to stop here now, but this is so good. We got to have you. Can can we have you on uh, one more episode? <laughs> oh, you stay with us. Just and, pull my arm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just before we go, I want you to uh, online or your bookstore, Barnes and Noble, uh, uh, Amazon, yeah, Amazon, whatever. Get it's it, everywhere. Get it, uh, and go go out and get it today, and uh, just absorb it real quick uh, as you hear Barry's heart. You're you're seeing a man who doesn't just uh, do a seminar. And I'd like to talk about that uh, next episode, uh, the, the, more of the how-tos, um, you know, because it's not, you're going to talk about that next episode. It's not a, a five-step program or no. uh, it's there, there's something no. life-giving to this. No. Uh, but but this book will, will ignite your life. It'll ignite your faith. And plus, man, who wouldn't want a double whammy of getting your ignited of your life, but you're you know, defeating faith, defeating faith, defeating, yeah, I hope yeah, defeat yeah, defeating, yeah. Fear defeating fear with faith. And that's it's a, true. That's so it's true. true. Yeah. It's not just an outlandish statement yeah. with effortless faith. There's no effort to it. Just out of curiosity before we go, what, what, do you have a favorite chapter? Oh, Something you know, that really that's a funny it. question because uh, I keep wanting to say, just read this chapter. You know, you people read okay, interview yeah, me. I said, yeah. just read this chapter. Yeah. And I go, well, that one's a good one, but but that one's a good one, but but that one's uh, a good one. So, no, I, the last one I did, I said, go to um, chapter 19. And it, it really, what, what's this chapter? What's that title? Chapter 19 is, are you changing your environment? Are you changing your environment? Are you yeah. making a difference? Yeah. Are you making a difference, or you know? And, and we can do that. There's a world changing you. We, we can, can do, do that. that. The Wide open. Yeah. Right and now, American we can. Needs, yeah. A year from now, I don't know. Yeah. We have opportunity right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> Good being with you. Thanks. Thanks. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting World Challenge transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.